You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're you're tuned in to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? Doing better. <laughs> doing, doing a little bit better. I think I think yeah. every Bengals fan needed about 24 to 48 hours after that game to really just take it back, watch a little bit of the game, see what happened in the first and second half, and uh, know that maybe better days are ahead because I can confirm that the sun is shining every day in Cincinnati since Sunday. So the sun did come up the next day and the next day it's supposed to come up all week until they take off to play the Dallas Cowboys. So things in Cincinnati should be good. Yeah. uh, Things will be better. Um, I can't imagine to me. I kept saying it that the Bengals won't lose the Steelers without multiple turnovers. And then that happened, (laughs) but it's kind of the same thing with the Cowboys. They, they won't lose to Cooper rush without multiple turnovers and I really don't think they're going to lose. They're going to give up multiple turnovers again. I hope not. No, that's the thing. A lot of people, when they hear backup quarterback, they hear Cooper Rush's name. Obviously, in his last start, he did pretty well against the Minnesota Vikings. It's always that backup quarterback that finds a way. I think a lot of people think about the Jets game last year because you think, oh, they can take care of business. It's a backup quarterback. It's not the starting quarterback. They'll have no problem. There's a little bit of worry. I feel like in Cincinnati land, when you think about the quarterback that you're going to be facing in the Dallas Cowboys, because there's a lot of unknowns of what you'll face, but I agree with you. It's still, I mean, I hate to go too far back into it, but we're going to, in this episode, we'll look ahead to Dallas on Thursday. You gave the ball away five times. You, if, if, You have Clark Harris in the second half, and I know a lot of people, even Darren Simmons has talked about it. You know, Drew Sample misses a block and other things went differently on special teams. We're talking about a different football team right now. And what's crazy is just listening to a little bit of the national media today, they're like, whoa, you guys are freaking out in Cincinnati. You guys came back and made it a game after giving the ball to the Steelers five times. Why is everybody freaking out? So I think in Cincinnati, you have to realize that they were one extra point away from us talking about a different team to start the season. Obviously, we would talk about Joe Burrow's struggles in the first half, but Joe could have ended the game with five touchdowns. If you think about it, if everything would have counted, the Jamar Chase touchdown, the one foot in grab, that was unbelievable. It was one of my favorite catches of the day, even though it didn't count. And then the Mike Thomas drop, unfortunately, in the end zone. If you have T. Higgins out there, maybe that looks a little bit different, but I think you can take the good and the bad from that opener and the sky isn't really falling too much right now. 
Yeah, uh, the I think the real good was I. It just slips by you in the moment, but I haven't fully charted out. Yeah, I just started out the the results, and I was like, oh, they had a drive where it went gain of eighteen, gain of twenty three, and then a a few you know misses, defensive holding, but then another gain of eleven, gain of twelve, and then the touchdown. And I was like, or no, that one actually ended without the touchdown. That was the one. They had four shots at the goal line, but that's a great drive. I was like, oh, that's a really well put together drive because when I've been thinking and looking back, I'm like, man, it really felt like they didn't sustain any drives. And then that one right before they uh, tied and should have won the game, it felt like they hit their groove. And I was kind of remembering that as I was going through, I was like, oh yeah, they really kind of hit their groove in that fourth quarter. And even into overtime, you could say they didn't score in overtime, but uh, they got there. <laughs> they just didn't have a, a working operation. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, you've obviously went back and watched a lot of the tape. You think about the Joe Burrow we saw in the first half versus the Joe Burrow in the second half. Uh, there's things that he's going to want to fix in the second half. Uh, obviously, you know, you want your touchdowns to count. You want everything to work and, and be the same Joe Burrow. But I think what we saw in the second half is more what we're going to get in these next couple of games. They're slowly getting back in the groove of everything from the wide receivers to just Joe Burrow alone, getting those extra reps in regular season that I felt like he looked a little more comfortable going into the second half. Yeah, the whole offense just looked like it actually kicked into what the offense should be. Granted, against a very good defense, what I think is an elite defense on paper and in that game, um, but they were able to move the ball. They were able to consistently move the ball in the second half, and they were, other than, yeah, there's the one turnover that was on a fourth down, but especially that fourth quarter, I think, was like, yeah, that's that's what this offense should be, even against these really good defenses. Um, there's a lot. That needs to be better. But this is why I remember saying that I think the shotgun portion of this offense is fine. It's coherent. It's put together. The Steelers were kind of trying to take that away by just really making Burrow and them beat everything underneath. And Burrow early on wasn't willing to take those. He wanted to be a gunslinger. And uh, But the under center offense needs to have a conversation that I think has been going on on Twitter for a few days because 16 out of 18 plays were run plays. And if you don't include uh, the I formation, which was only toss plays, the two times they got in that, it was like 13 out of 15 runs, I believe, or, or maybe it was 10 out of 13 runs were uh, wide zone, some variation of wide zone, which is just running the same play. Everybody run on the angle, hand the ball off, Mix and go find the hole, get upfield, one cut, all that. You got to have some variation. The whole point of getting under center is to have a varied run game. And then to go with all of that, when you go under center and the Steelers are able to just tee off on your guys, they're they're flying downhill. They're running fast. They're bringing heat. You got to have play action to come off of it. And the one time they ran a normal play action drop back where he's going to sit in the pocket from under center, Burrow hits. Uh, chase explosive game and then the other time they ran a boot and it wasn't an explosive game because of minka but that you got to hit a few more of those just it can't be that you have to make them respect your play action game and i don't know who's at fault for not having a play action game in the drop back or uh, a play action game from under center if that's burrow doesn't feel comfortable you kind of just have to tell them like you'll get comfortable <laughs> you have an offensive line now trust it and uh or if that's uh, zach taylor thinking like now we don't need it if we're gonna pass let's just get shotgun leper read the field but it's just such a tendency that that's how i see it at least 
Do you think that this offense is a little too predictable? And is that worrisome going forward? That's what I meant for the under center. It's very predictable. The Steelers are just, they sell, sold out on the run every time he went under center to take a snap because they just don't pass out of that. The two passes and one of them's a boot, which is, which really the whole point of the boot was just to hit the flat route. And then the other one worked for an explosive gain because the Steelers aren't, they don't care at all about, they didn't care at all about defending the pass. And I mean, this is just what happens when teams are really game planning for you, catching on to your tendencies. When you have one this lopsided, they can just tee off. And really, I think that's a big reason the run game was not that efficient, even if it was safe. And then there was, there weren't as many explosive plays as there should have been. When you watch how the safeties are coming downhill on run action, I mean, you just, when I see that, I I, I would think that when you see that on the Microsoft Surface tablet, you're going, okay, we got to hit them with play action next time. You can't have make a flying downhill like that. I guess I should have asked it a little bit differently. Do you think it's a little more worrisome of what we could see this season? Do you think, you know, this is just going to be what this offense is? Or is that Taylor, Brian Kelly, and Joe Burrow, the wide receivers, going to change it up? Because people had a whole offseason to go after this team. I know a lot of people talk about free agency. The, the AFC is loaded. Everybody saw what Cincinnati was able to do last year. And do they, you know... Is that a little bit scary to think that maybe this offense doesn't change with the creativity? Yeah, I think this is a very big uh, inflection point for what the Zach Taylor. Now, he's obviously not getting fired. He just signed an extension. I think the people that are doing that are crazy. But how good of a coach is he and how good of a play caller is he? Where it's predictable right now. I don't think there's any way around that. When they get under center, it's very predictable. and they the shotgun i'm fine with the run games whatever from there but you're just trying to keep them a little bit honest and they're doing that so it's not working and it's predictable so what is your what is your move off of that you watch all these other offenses when they get under center they have all this play action game off of it justin jefferson's running 20 yards of separation from the next guy i'm not even calling for a bunch of creativity because i think what they think is basically our players are better than yours so let's just go beat them but and it's true for the most part. I mean, what do you, what can you do? That's fine. Yeah. But you just need to take, when the defense is giving you something that drastic, you need to be able to take it. And they haven't shown that they can do that yet, but I think they can be. And the one play I'm going to think back to is the Broncos game. And um, the entire game under center, they're running wide zone and duo. And they're actually really hammering duo which is a power run play, no poolers, but they're just trying to get all this vertical displacement, double teams. And the thing about it is Boyd fits up on a safety most of the time or a nickel corner. And then late in the game, Boyd catches that long touchdown where he makes uh, Justin Simmons miss. But the reason he was so open is because they ran duo action and Boyd actually fits up. Looks like he's blocking the, um, I think it was a safety, and then sprints off for uh, what's called leak. And just nobody's near him because it looks so much like their run play that they were hammering these guys with. And the way that the Car Cardinals, the way that the Broncos, I don't know why that came to mind. The way that the Broncos were fitting that just, it left them this big opportunity and they took advantage of it in a crucial moment to win the game. And I think the Bengals had that opportunity against the Steelers and didn't take it, but that's a learning, that's a learning point. You just have to, 
you have to when they're going to do that to you when you go under center you have to be able to punish them just like they did in the broncos game and that broncos game is going to give me a little bit of hope for zach taylor brian callahan and the future of not being too too predictable under center I might be too much on the positive side for Zach Taylor. I know Twitter's mad at him. Twitter's always going to be mad at the head coach. I mean, you could look at the AFC Championship game last year. People were mad at Andy Reid, their offensive coordinator, after the game was over. That's just it. <laughs> That's what happens when you lose. You know, it's just—it's so funny to be mad at Andy Reid. <laughs> you know what happened after the AFC Championship game. And I, I don't think he had a great called game, but it's just like to, to ask for Andy Reid to be fired or something is like insane. I could probably look it up on my Twitter right now and we'd find <laughs> Andy Reid. And not now. Everyone's happy. Everyone forgot about last year. But but the thing, you know, with your head coach, you lose a game. You win a game. Everyone's like, oh, man, way to go. Way to, way to call those plays in the second half. This offense looks legit, which is crazy to think about how flip-flopped it felt like in the second half for this offense. And they didn't even look that great. Joe Burrow didn't look awesome but he still had some great throws because we're all still thinking about the first half of how that went for them but i want to go to the offensive weapons right now you're without t higgins in the second half to be determined on if he plays on sunday i feel like we'll get a better grasp of that on thursday wednesday i still feel like it's going to be a limited update until he goes through the rest of concussion protocol and that's just the way it goes if he doesn't practice thursday i don't see him playing on sunday that's just normally how it goes with inactives and players in practice but i want to talk about the running back room. Nobody will ever forget about Smaj P. Ryan in the Super Bowl. I remember a little bit about the AFC Championship game when he ran in for the touchdown. But obviously, the excitement over the offseason was Chris Evans. It was going to be his second year this year. feel like this guy's going to be a big part of this offense. You think about Chris Evans. You think about Joe Mixon on the ground, receptions in the air. He really isn't a part of this offense right now. What What's the deal with that? I think the fans were kind of making up a lot of the Chris Evans hype because the coaches had him, the coaches had him in a competition for the RB three spot and playing in preseason games and P Ryan resting and fans were still saying, Oh, Evans RB two. And I'm just like, kind of watching like, ah, this is a train wreck. It's going to happen. And I, I didn't see zero. People. Why didn't you warn the people? <laughs> because they just get mad at me and say I'm stupid or something, you know, like, like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> I saw some call from play some wide receiver. It's like, I, he can't really play outside at five foot nine. <laughs> Not that P Ryan, like yeah. when you put a running back out wide, most of the time, that's just a waste, waste some player, so, you know, like in his own coverage, just waste the corner, just run downfield, let the corner follow you. Um, but I think he should get more snaps, but I also, I would, <sighs> It's so tough because the the only time Chris Evans has had to play and pass protect, he did a good job. But it's clear the coaching staff does not trust him in that role because otherwise he would get those snaps. And we're not at practice. Well, I know I'm not at practice. <laughs> I guess I can. Maybe you're watching from afar, uh, be able to get there somehow. But <laughs> I, I'm, 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 but, but but I think you can take the overall <laughs> reaction of people who are there every day. I mean, we yeah. really didn't mm-hmm. hear. The thing is, we didn't hear about Chris Evans really that never from the coaching staff never from and never you always hear how he looked good in practice Mm -hmm. but what i always want to hear is just like the coaches say we've got a bigger role in mind for him or yeah whatever i'd never listen to the that running back's gonna play some wide receiver because i'm just like no he's not (laughs) it never happened well experts who said chris evans make sure you're watching (laughs) yeah i never bought it 
your roster. Um, that was a big part of that. No, I agree with you. I think that big hype was more on social media and not really true in the coach's room. So do you think he's going to be any of an impact player besides maybe a special teams guy this year? I think he'll get more snaps. He's not going to have zero snaps the entire year, obviously, um, and especially if there's an injury or some sort. Uh, I just I think he's higher variance than a lot of people want to say he is. I think you will probably get the lowest lows with Evans than you would with the other guys just because of experience. I just cannot get that play from the Super Bowl out of my head where they tried to throw a rail route to him and the linebacker is able to reroute him when he has like 20 yards on the sideline to, to run around that guy. And that's just stuck in my brain. And I know he catches a ball later, but that's stuck in my brain of like the coaching staff is probably very upset that he ran into that linebacker instead of trying to get around him because that was a touchdown in the Super Bowl, man. <laughs> and I know, I know P Ryan had a ball bounce off his hands and go to the, uh, go to the corner in the Titans game and all these other things people are yelling about and P Ryan couldn't pick up first down. They also ran inside zone at Aaron Donald. Uh, <laughs> let's not forget that part no. of the, no, oh, how could people forget anything when it comes to Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl? I mean, not <laughs> one play I, I will ever forget. He lives in people's nightmares. I'm not even joking. But, not but I just... Play. Yeah, I just think they really trust P. Run in pass protection, rightfully so. When I watch, he is the best pass protector. I keep hoping Mixon shows more so that he can get more of those. But really, it's P. Ryan. And when you... End of the day, the job that they want in on passing downs is not some electric outlet to take... 10 yard passes to take two yard pass turn into 10 yard gains. They want to keep Joe upright against the blitz. And that's okay. In my opinion, because you have already three studs and honestly, Hurst looked good. So you have four outlets that look like they can ball. You don't really need the fifth one as much as you need the pass protection. And people are yell about the offensive line is fixed. And I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but when you bring six, you need a six guy to pick that guy up or Burroughs taking a hit. Here's the thing. We're going to get more into the offensive line. Hayden Harris. What I love about NFL game weeks, half of this stuff wasn't even on our subject line. So we're just kind of adding so much in because I feel like this is what everyone is talking about right now. It's the weapons, the offensive line, Hayden Hurst, Joe Burrow. So there's plenty to talk about. That's the good news. We're running over. So we're going to go ahead and wrap and get to our next segment on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. <laughs> 